Seven Run, let's start off today with a word of prayer. Father, I just want to say thank you, um, first of all, for being my dad, our dad, our father. And thank you for being so good and so loving and so kind and so hopeful and so redemptive and so relentless and so fierce and, and so everything. Thank you, Father, for your redeeming love. And I pray today that you would help us to hear your word in a way that changes our lives. I mean, really changes us. God, start with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, well, I want to wish you a, um, uh, a happy Thanksgiving. And just to, right before we jump in, just to, to remind you that uh, in this COVID season, um, you know, our bonfire experience on Sunday morning is, is virtual. And I'm so thankful for those of you who have been so faithful in participating. Again, thank you for doing that. I encourage you to, to respond online and to engage and let us know you're here and and let us know what we can pray for. Um, also to remember that we are here beginning on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. It's a small beginning, but it's a beginning of our regathering. Um, and to say that that our bonfire experience on Sunday morning to to you know fight this present darkness has has been changed. And one of the strategies that we have adopted is, is to seek to light campfires throughout the week to where we gather virtually and in person um, around the, the love and light of Jesus Christ. And so I want to remind you of those campfire opportunities and experiences. Um, and it's, it's very easy to, to find information about them and, and just ask you, are you a part of some campfire experience, some some weekly during the week experience of of the encouragement of Christ in a in a in a hard time. So don't forget the campfires. Today, <laughs> I don't normally do this a lot, but um, you know I don't normally give you five ways to do this or three ways to do this or or one guaranteed way to and then fill in the blank. But today I'm making an exception, and today I'm going to tell you the quickest way to dramatically improve your life. And I mean this with all of my heart. And here it is. Choose to be grateful. Choosing to be grateful is the quickest way not only to change your life, but also to bless everyone around you. And I search for other words other than blessing for this because, you know, it's kind of a churchy word, but it's just a great word. It, it means to... It means so much. It means to, to illuminate, to make better, to help people feel and experience love and joy and peace. It means, it means to nurture. It means to bring out. It means to, to help other people rise up. And, and I'm telling you that the quickest way to change your life is to choose to be grateful. And out of the overflow of your life change and your gratitude, being grateful for and with the people around you is going to change them forever. I promise you that. You, you can check my words in 100 years and see if they were true, and I promise you they will prove true. Gratitude is low-hanging, life-changing fruit. I mean, there's so many things that, that we want to do to change our lives. You know, I want to I, I, I want to put on 100 pounds of muscle and, and bench press, you know, 500 pounds. Well, there's all these things we reach for financially and other things that we think, you know, this will improve my life. This will make my life better. I'm telling you that the, the, 
the quickest way, the, the low-hanging fruit that, that, in fact, nothing in your circumstances has to change in your life. Nothing has to change except you, here, now. And if you will reach out and, and pick this fruit and take it, um, it will be life-changing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Uh, three of the easiest and most memorable verses that all of us should have memorized and not just memorize, but all of us should live, practice, do in, in our walk in the footsteps of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, And give thanks in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's it. And so knowing those verses, which we're going to focus on and which really you should have memorized by the time we're finished today, uh, what do I want you to do? Because I always want you to know something and then I want you to do something throughout the week. And what I want you to do throughout the week is really complicated today. It's to give thanks in all circumstances. This is the the most affordable step to happiness that you'll ever find in your life. But it is going to cost you your bitterness, your self-centered vision of life, and it's going to cost you your neglect of grace. So so let's unpack the top top three thanks killers, if we can, this Thanksgiving. Bitterness. It really is true that we can all choose to be bitter or better. And the truth is, you can't be bitter and ever get better in life. You never will. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. It's not just about you. It is about our life together. And it's about who God has allowed us to do life with. Some of whom we would naturally love them because, hey, they love us. Some of whom we would not and maybe do not love because they don't like us or they're difficult. But the truth is God has given us these people to do life with. And we must be grateful. And and if we will be grateful, and if we will, um, in all circumstances, the ones of the, the people that we're doing life with, if we will give thanks, then we will find we will find grace flowing. So look after each other. You know, let the the, the grace spread around so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness. Look how the scripture describes even the smallest amount of bitterness. It is like poison gas. It is a bitter pill. It is is death dealing in any dose. Corrupting um, the that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you because, again, that's the point of the scripture is that every seed of bitterness is going to grow from a root into a plant, into a tree, into a forest. Bitterness is not a static reality. It is something like agape love in the opposite direction that is going to grow in your life. So don't let it corrupt you. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness. Rage, anger, and harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. So, as we're thinking about bitterness and gratitude, um, I want you to think in two directions. First, towards God. You know, it really is kind of like, you know, the, 
the the uh, two planes of the cross, the vertical. Everything, of course, is about the Lord God, but but also uh, the horizontal. It it also always impacts all of our relationships with the people in our path, the people in our life. So we have to choose to throw bitterness away. Um, and and the, the way this bitterness is expressed is in rage. Well, that can only be you know expressed really. In, in context, either with God or other people, anger, God or other people, harsh words. We normally don't speak harsh words to God, but sometimes we do. But it really is the recognition that the context of our, 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 our living, our gratitude or our bitterness is a social one. It is a communal one. It is a together one. And so we are either grateful together or bitter together. I'm either grateful with God and that overflows into my life or I'm resentful of God and that overflows into resentment to the people around me. Why should we do this? Why should, why should we reach for the low-hanging fruit of, of, of gratitude um, you know, in a hard and painful life when things rarely go our way and people rarely love us and treat us fairly. Why? Because God. Because God works for good in all things. That's what the scripture says in Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, and again, the old cliche in Greek, all means all, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. You and I have to get rid of the root of bitterness to begin to experience the freedom of gratitude. If you can't find peace in the good you can't see, it's because you've lost your vision of Jesus who's found only through a fiercest faith. You can't see Jesus either. And I'm not pretending that circumstances aren't hard and that life isn't difficult and that people aren't difficult and that marriage isn't challenging and children aren't challenging and and work isn't challenging. I'm not pretending anything about anything. I'm simply saying... The promise of a redeeming God is that through it all, in it all, above it all, beneath it all, and after it all, that that his unstoppable work of of good grace is is flowing. And and there's a reason to be grateful, um, because love wins if we let it. The second thanks killer we've got to get rid of, um, you know, in this affordable reach for a profound life change. Again, it is the closest low-hanging fruit, the most profound, dynamic, instantly life-changing move you'll ever make just to be grateful. But there is some cost to it. Uh, it's not financial. It, it's, it's hard. And the second is self-centeredness. You see, I'm going to be bitter and angry if I'm self-centered. And here's the truth. Um, if I'm the center of the universe, then my will should be done. Okay, and I have a right to be frustrated when it isn't, uh, and when the people around me don't please me and don't measure up to my standards. But if God's the center of the universe, then his will deserves to be done. And our gratitude shows who's our living center. Uh, if I'm ungrateful and bitter, it's because I'm the living center, and in my trying to be God and control things and, and, and uh, create my own happiness, uh, I'm angry at my failure, and I'm angry at God for, for not empowering me to... To, to, to live my vision of life, for not, you know, um, co-signing my, my, my debt of self-centeredness. But the truth is that God facilitated, you know, this, this center change from being self-centered to Christ-centered in a very effective way. It's called the cross. And although we want to tame the cross and make the cross, um, 
you know, we want a crossless faith and we want to make the cross a decoration and something that we admire, not something that we, we die upon. The, the cross is an instrument of death. And Paul put it pretty effectively this way. He said, I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I'm gone. My will and my wants and my understanding and my demands and my vision of other people and my judgments on other people, um, all the fallen is gone. And, and now I live by faith through the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so God has a pretty effective way of, of killing off our self-centeredness. It's, it's pretty amazing stuff. And, and then the third um, grace killer, the third gratitude killer is, is living grace blind. And this will kill your ability to be grateful all the time. And, and what it'll do is it'll shift your vision from God to your circumstances and your feelings. Romans 5.8 says this, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No other proof of God's goodness and love in life should be required, none. Now, I want to remind you that I'm very much a fallen, broken human being and that I don't stand over you having perfected scripture and presenting to you um, my arrival experience. Um, I, I literally uh, stand and live under the word of God and, and, and I'm often, um, you know, I would say running to catch up with my soul, but that's really not the way you catch up with your soul. You catch up with your soul by, by sitting in the stillness and quiet and, and, and prayer. <laughs> um, so, I'm not there yet, and I'm reaching for this low-hanging fruit in this season of my life. And all the heart of COVID, this this um, not being able to gather has literally almost almost um, almost broken me, almost killed me. Uh, in 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 the sense of this is what you call me to do, Father. This is what you said that I should be doing with my life, and 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 now it's not. Um, okay, thank you, Father. Thank you for your infinite ability to redeem all things and to work in all things and and even to take something as ugly as death on a cross and make it the most life-giving experience the universe has ever known. That's the depths of the ability of God to to redeem and to work and to give us reason for gratitude. And and, and so when we're looking for evidence of grace in self um you know, self-created circumstances. In other words, here's my vision of life, God. You should do this. And if you love me, you would do this. We have, we have completely crawled off the cross and, and started living, you know, using God as a puppet. And, and we have gone grace blind. Because all the grace that I will ever need to be profoundly and deeply and eternally grateful was the fact that Jesus died for me. And he died for you. And he saw into all my loneliness and all my, my brokenness and my failure and my hopelessness. And he saw into all of your pain and your loneliness and brokenness and failure before you were ever born. And he answered it. And the answer wasn't harsh judgment on us. The answer was harsh judgment on himself. So that we could become the children of God. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, Romans 5, 8 says. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No other proof of God's goodness in life should be required. 
that alone is reason for endless gratitude. To live without gratitude, which is living in resentment, which is a form of bitterness, is to forget who you are, or at least who you're invited to become. 1 John 3, 1-3 says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. I am the child of God. I, I can even say I am a son of God, and you are a daughter of God. You are the beloved daughter of God. You are God's well-loved son whom he's wanted um, more than anything in the universe. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not affirm us is that the world did not affirm him or know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, there's there's hope in front of us. We are not in a hopeless situation because our, our faith and focus is not on our circumstances as we can, can untangle them. It is on Christ as he can redeem them. That we shall be made, um, that, we, that when he appears, we shall be like him. So this is what we know, that when Christ appears, there's the hope of the future. We're going to be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And, and all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Purify themselves of what? Well, of, of resentment, of, of anger and bitterness and disappointment that leads us into the insanity of sin. Whether it's sexual, whether it's financial, whether it's uh, whatever it is. Choose your poison. It's ingratitude that leads us away from Christ. And it is gratitude that, that leads us to the foot of the cross and into the arms of, of a loving and a joyful Savior. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Over and over and over again, I hear people say, I want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God. I want to know the will of God. And most of the time, what they really mean, if we were translating, would be something like this. Show me the future so that I can approve it or offer a plan B to God. <laughs> Show me, give me God something I can control. Um, give me something that's comparable and fits my preconceptions. God, give me something in my life that doesn't cost me, change me, move me, or, or require anything um, to, to be transformed in, in my life. So God, I want to know your will because I'm not willing to do your will in the thing that I know that I'm supposed to be doing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to do God's will and live in God's will, I promise you, you're probably going to come closest to, uh, to anything just by literally living out and applying this verse moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, all the years through your life. God, thank you. And... 
And I believe that in all things, you're working for my good. You love me. Yeah, you're kind to me. You've provided for me. You're going to take care of things I don't understand. You walk with me through the valley of the shadows. And on the other side of my own death is a glorious resurrection. So thank you. The clearest, most wide open, most blatantly obvious, and most missed door into the divine, supernatural, amazing, brilliant, night-lighting, uh, will of, of, of God is giving thanks in all circumstances. So, give thanks in all circumstances. And watch your circumstances change. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, you know, I, if not your actual circumstances, I believe they often will, your experience of all your circumstances is going to profoundly change when you reach up and pick this low-hanging fruit and practice it, you eat it, you live it, of, of giving thanks in all circumstances. Your, your experience of your life is going to change. So let me just close with this. Give thanks for God's sovereignty over your circumstances because God is sovereign. Sovereign is a, is a wonderful word. Look it up. Um, it, it means that he is the master. It means that he is infinitely in control of. And I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, we're going to be astonished at, at the, the level and complexity and mastery of God's integrative, um, planned control of, of everything. And we're going to then say, why did I ever doubt? You woke up this morning with a body with between 30 and 37.2 trillion cells. And God's made them all work together to give you breath. Give thanks to God for his sovereignty throughout your life, in all circumstances. And secondly, in all circumstances, give thanks for the people who share this life journey with you. I want to just pause and just say, um, you know, that that before we dishonor those who disappoint us, we should remember the grace that honors us despite our sin, our disappointing God. There's nobody in your life that, that doesn't have a, a God-given role. Even the, the people that hurt you, God, God can redeem that. God, God can work in that. And, and so don't just make your thanksgiving and your gratitude for circumstances and for material things. You're, if you do that, you're going to miss the whole meaning and the real value of your life journey, which is people. Um, you know, after God, it's people. So be grateful for the people on your path. And I, I just want to say this is the experience of life. It's, it's not about living in the past with, with regrets or, or the control uh, or the chains of the past. It's not about living in the future with what you hope will be. It's about being fully alive in the present, immersed in the grace of God with, with the glory and the beauty of the people that God has, has put in your life, including the one you married, including the one you were born to, including the ones that you've given birth to, including the one you go to school with and work with. And I want to close with this. Even the people... Not even, but especially the people that, that you get to, to be closest with. Today we're celebrating Linda Mead's, um, her, her half a century plus serving the church at Seven Run. And I just want to say to you, Linda, I am grateful for you. I am grateful for the, the joy that you have brought to my own journey. I'm grateful for 
your evenness throughout the years. I'm grateful for your steadfastness. You, you, you came to work every day, and I've just gotten to work with you for 22 years, but you've been doing this since 67 or so, I believe. <laughs> and, and you've come to work every day with a, a purity and a joy and a heart to do the will of God. And I just honor you for that. And I just want to say thank you so very, very much for, uh, for showing me Jesus and for, for lifting my life with your attitude and your gratitude and your walk with, with our Father. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I'll never forget you. You'll always be a part of my life. In fact, we were, we're all, I would remind you, that's another reason to be grateful for the people around you if they're born again. You're going to be doing life with him forever. And Linda, I am eternally grateful for, for you and for your service. Guys, it's easy, at least to know what to do next in your life to change everything. And that is simply this, to give thanks with eyes that have been healed from all that's grace blind, to give thanks in Christ Jesus. Because this is God's will for you. I wish you, pray for you, believe for you, a real life-changing fork-in-the-road experience today, and a very happy Thanksgiving.